Well, good to see everybody today. Uh, actually, it's pretty nice outside. The sun's shining. It's not too cold. I have a little cold myself, speaking of colds, and um, but feel much better. Just a little nasal congestion. I think one of the things about being sick, it reminds you how everybody else who is sick feels. So there's a bit of empathy and compassion in being sick. It also gives you a time out, and you can sleep longer and and uh, and take more naps because you you tell yourself I need the rest so I can get well. Anyway, I was wondering what I was going to talk about today, and I thought maybe we could go over the four noble truths, and and see what that means to us in 2022. You know, when when the historical Buddha realize those truths he really set the wheel of dharma in motion and he was saying i have come to understand these through my own personal practice as being a credible and intelligent and compassionate way of looking at my existence in the world and i think that's really an important aspect now because we find ourselves wondering about our existence in the world with this pandemic that continues month after month, year after year, and and it gets better and it gets worse and less people die and more people die and, and on and on. Um, so the first truth that the historical Buddha realized was that life is ultimately unsatisfactory. And I think if you're realistic about life and think about all the good and the bad, you realize that, yeah, ultimately, not always, but ultimately life is going to turn out to be not as good as you hoped it would be, it turns out to be something that we have less control over than we imagined. And it turns out that ultimately, because of change and impermanence, that all the good stuff in our life eventually gets taken away. Uh, and no matter how hard we try to cling and grasp and hold on to it, it's just ripped out of our hands with no explanation other than, hey man, everything changes. You know, so don't get too comfortable in the way things are because it'll be different next week, next month, next year. Now, I know we're all hoping that this change also occurs with the bad stuff and that the bad stuff will not last forever either, that eventually we will um, get back into the good stuff. So, the pandemic, you know, is going to be going on for a while. Our reaction to it, our resistance to it will be going on for a while. But in the context of the pandemic, there's all sorts of other things that are unsatisfactory that are occurring. And now we have to really sort of pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and say, okay, this is a really challenging life. And, and, um, before the pandemic, it was difficult. During the pandemic, it's more than difficult. 
and and now we see no end in sight and do we have the resilience do we have the creativity to move forward and not get stuck not get weighted down with all this insecurity and unknowing we've never known what was going to happen anyway the future has always been a big mystery to us and that's one of the fun things about being alive is we can honestly say about most things in our life i don't know i don't know i don't know why it's happening i don't know when it's going to stop happening i don't know what i should do i know there are a lot of people out there in the world suggesting that i do this I do that, but, but what's right for me may not be what they're suggesting because everybody has a different course in life. Everybody has different karma. Everybody has different experiences in their life. And, and so we need to really be concerned about our life and moving forward and helping those around us to move forward too in their own way, not in our way and and so it's we can give advice but i think we should preface the advice by saying this is what i found works for me this is what's this is what's important to me and it may work for you too but it may not but feel free to give it a try so we don't want to tell people exactly what to do we want to tell people if they ask what we've done and what's worked for us and important as well what hasn't worked for us now i had an interesting uh experience just the other day speaking about suffering and unsatisfactoriness my bank is in santa monica so i drove down to santa monica which is always exciting to get out of downtown and and see the ocean and the waves and stuff and i went to my bank which will stay nameless and uh, I walked in and I wanted to uh, take some money out of the ATM, but I prefer going inside the bank to get the money rather than using the ATM machine, which is outside. And it also gives me a chance to check on everybody and see how they're doing and uh, is everybody awake? Is my bank operating the way it's supposed to be? So I put my ATM card in the little uh, card reader and, and the guy behind the counter the teller behind the counter says, uh, you know what, there's something wrong with your card. It, it's, not, it's not showing up. Do it again. So I put it in again, and I did my PIN code, and they said, you know, it's, it's not working. Do you have an account with us? Now, I, I had to laugh to myself because I, I've had an account there for 30-plus years. So when he asked if I had an account, I thought to myself, wow, stuff seems a little strange around here then he then he took a look at my card he says oh i know what it is your card expired and then he took my card and cut it up and i said let me see that card and they said okay and he handed me the pieces of my card and i looked at the expiration date and it was 921 i and i said to him aren't you guys supposed to be sending me a replacement card when the when the old one expires he says, well, pandemic. <laughs> I just, and I'm going, that's really a great excuse, you know. And uh, I, I don't know if the pandemic affects the computers, but 
Maybe, maybe so, I don't know. So I said, you know, there's really something wrong with this. You know, I, I also, at first I thought maybe it was me and maybe, you know, I said something wrong or maybe he didn't want to see any live customers. and blah, blah, blah. But there was something different about the bank uh, this time when I went in. And so I went uh, back to the center and I went online and I, and I Googled my bank. And sure enough, sure enough, a bank in Canada bought my bank. And the deal is supposed to close at the end of 2022. And um, so I'm thinking to myself, you know, everybody's like a little scared now, besides the pandemic. They're scared about their employment and their job. When, when the big change happens, will they still be working for the bank? Or are they going to fire everybody and get new people? So I, I had this sense that there was a tension, that there was some, there was an uncomfortable feeling that the people had, and and at first you think it's probably me, and then you think, well, maybe not. Maybe there's some other extenuating circumstances that are affecting the way they're experiencing their their world today, their life today. So when we have this little feeling of unsatisfactoriness. Uh, things aren't as good as I thought they should be. Um, it's just a few more challenges. Um, I don't feel good. I don't have any energy. All the things that tend to break up our day and make it a little unsatisfactory. The Buddha warned us. He said, "He said, don't get, don't get comfortable. Really, don't get used to it. The only comfort lies in the practice of the Dharma." The only ultimate comfort, the only ultimate peace you're ever going to have is when you finally achieve nirvana. And there's these little happinesses and these little sadnesses that go throughout the day and the week and the month are just part of living in the world as a human being because we have <coughs> an idea of how it's supposed to be. And, and that's what our parents told us. The, you know, our parents said to us, well, if you want it to be a certain way, you have to do it. You have to get a good education, get a good job, get a, have a happy marriage, have a nice car, take great vacations. You having a good life is going to be pretty much up to you. And as the Buddha said um, in one of his talks, he said, you know what? We're all interconnected and interdependent. And you're one, but only one, of the contributing factors of having a good day. There are 9,999 other factors that may work against you in having a good day. And at some point, rather than being angry or dissatisfied or defeated or depressed, you're going to have to give in. And, and think to yourself, well, I guess I'm not in charge. And this too shall pass because everything's impermanent and everything ultimately is unsatisfactory. So why am I surprised? Why don't I come to a place of acceptance with the way things are? Because those things will change every moment of every day in my life. 
Okay, so, you know, when I first heard life is ultimately unsatisfactory, I couldn't figure it out. I I thought, that's such a radical statement to make. What did he see? What did he understand that I have completely missed in my life? And when I came to Buddhism, I thought my life was pretty good. And it was only after I started to practice and study Buddhism that I realized my life wasn't as good as I thought it was. But there was an answer that I could make my life even better than I thought it was before by practicing the Dharma and understanding the four noble truths. So the second truth is is the big one. The second truth is, this is the reason we feel uncomfortable. This is the reason our life seems to be unsatisfactory. And the reason is, we have desire, and we have craving, and we have attachment, and we have aversion, and we have clinging to the good, and pushing away the bad. And every moment of our life is like a juggling act. We're trying to balance it out and only stay with the good stuff and prevent the bad stuff from happening. Only having attachment for the good stuff and having aversion for the bad stuff. Okay, well the problem is, is we are ignorant and deluded. We can't see life clearly. It doesn't lend itself to a a personal interpretation. It's too difficult. There are too many things happening, and everything's changing within the context of everything happening. And we only get bits and pieces. We only see small bits and pieces of what's going on. And that's why we're not stupid, but we are ignorant to the realities of our life. Now, one of my hobbies is taking pictures. I enjoy taking pictures with a camera. I know it's old school, and a lot of people have never used a camera. They've only used their cell phones. But the camera has a lot of interesting uh, things that the cell phone doesn't have. Now, one of the things that the camera has, it has a raw file mode, and it has a JPEG mode. And if you don't know what raw files are or JPEGs, let me give you a brief explanation. A raw file contains all the information that comes through the lens. Nothing has been left out. Nothing has been compressed or condensed. It's just total information that came through the lens the minute you, you, um, you snap that picture. A JPEG, on the other hand, is a file that has been compressed and leaves a lot of information out so it's a smaller size. So instead of having a 5 or 10 megabyte picture, you might have a 150 kilobyte picture, which is much easier to post on Facebook or Instagram and, and have in your photo album because it's smaller and you can put more of them in there. If you only have raw files, it's a huge file and takes up a whole lot of room. So what the JPEG does, what the little engine in the camera does, is it eliminates a lot of information that may be not necessary to have a good picture. 
it, it doesn't need to have all the information to have a good picture because you can, our eyes are only able to see a certain amount of that information and, and having good or bad is such a, a personal determination anyway that what might be good for one person may not be good for the other person. So you can adjust the JPEG file in the camera and if you're fortunate enough to have a Photoshop or Photoshop Elements, you can adjust it after the picture is taken and make it just the way you want it. And then you can post it online. And then everybody can come and see your picture. And everybody's computer monitor and computer itself is different. So that picture that you really worked hard to make look a certain way will never look that way to everybody who's watching it or looking at it because their computers are different and their monitors are different. And the only way you're going to get the same picture for everybody is to have a, a physical print, a hard copy, and then they can look at that. But then everybody's eyes are different too. So to, to try to share exactly what you wanted to share is very difficult. Okay, having said that, our ego our personality, our sense of self, is sort of the JPEG engine that takes in all this information and condenses it, compresses it into a personal interpretation of what's being experienced. Okay, but in that personal interpretation of what's being experienced, a lot of information is being left out. And that information may or may not allow us to make an appropriate choice or decision in the experience or in the situation we find ourselves in. Okay, so that's part of the ignorance. That's part of the delusion. That's part of the problem in trying to interpret reality without any kind of personal preferences because all those personal preferences have been created by the ego and made into that JPEG picture. Okay, very good. So now we're stuck. We're stuck with only having a little bit of the information to make the appropriate choice in the situation we find ourselves in. And son of a gun, because of impermanence and the constant flux and change of our reality, just when we have all the information available to us to make that choice, everything changes and everything is different. And that choice we make now may not be appropriate in an hour, a day, a week, or a year from now. Son of a gun. So how are we supposed to do it? Well, the choices oftentimes are based on our greed our hatred, and for sure, our delusion. And, and our job is to not interpret everything in our life as being factual, actual, and present moment experience. That, that we are living in the past. We have, uh, we have done things before that are similar to what we're doing now. And we can use some of those lessons and apply them to what we're doing now. We have hopes and dreams, and those things are the future. And if we have intended uh, 
to be something or do something, we're sort of working in that direction. And now we're using this present moment information to either get further ahead or to validate what's already been experienced, and that gets in the way of making an appropriate and proper choice in this moment. So you can see that we are faced with this this dilemma of not wanting to suffer, but not having the appropriate information or understanding to sidestep or to get around that suffering that keeps arising in our life. So the Buddha didn't stop there. He said, you know what? He said, there is an answer. There is an answer, and the answer I call nirvana. Now, I can't explain to you what nirvana is. I can't explain to you what enlightenment is, because I have never met anybody who's achieved nirvana, and I may not even recognize the fact that they did, because I have not achieved nirvana. So I don't know what I'm supposed to look for. I don't know how it's supposed to be. And when the Buddha was asked directly, what is nirvana, he really didn't give a very good answer at all, because he realized that none of us would understand what the heck he's talking about. So he said, you know what? Rather than me telling you what it is, I can tell you how I got there. And once you have achieved your own nirvana, your own enlightenment, then you will understand. Then you will know. Then you will never suffer again. You'll never have to be reborn again either. Now, when I first heard that, I thought, wow, that is so weird to say that, that you know, there's no more rebirth. If, if you're a Christian, you have one more rebirth into heaven. And if you're a Buddhist, you have many more rebirths. And if you're a Hindu, you have a lot of rebirths as well. And, and eventually, all those rebirths come to an end. And in Buddhism, those rebirths come to an end because of nirvana. Okay, very good. But why would we want them to come to an end? And the Buddha at one point said, you know, he said, the problem with birth is that's the beginning of all your suffering. And the interesting thing about death is that's not the end of your suffering. That's just a temporary pause until you're reborn again, and now you get to suffer the same way or a different way until you die and get reborn again, and then you suffer another day. So, so really, the problem with birth is it always leads to suffering. And, and a lot of people um, might say, but death does too. Nobody wants to die. And to suffer because you're going to die sounds, sounds even worse than to suffer when you're born. And, and so, again, we go back to the first noble truth. There's suffering in birth, there's suffering in death, there's suffering in rebirth. And no matter how hard you try to avoid or find workarounds to the suffering, you are doomed to failure because you lack all the information necessary. So you need to practice. The Buddha said you need to practice the Eightfold Path. And in practicing the Eightfold Path, you may not achieve your nirvana in this lifetime or the next lifetime or the next lifetime, <coughs> but you will suffer less 
each lifetime because you are practicing the Dharma. The Eightfold Path, right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Those eight path factors allow us to reduce our suffering and ultimately end our suffering in nirvana while we are alive. And, and in achieving nirvana while we're alive, we then, in death, cross over to pari-nirvana, which is nirvana after death. So is that like heaven, somebody might say? Do we all get to go to heaven? Well, you know, Buddhism has heavens and it has hells. But the problem with Buddhist heaven is it's not forever. That, too, is impermanent. And the good part about Buddhist hell is that, too, is impermanent. So there's no forever except maybe nirvana, but it's not looked at as forever because it's timeless. It's unborn. It's undying. There's no time factor when it comes to nirvana. It's just a a very interesting way to be in that moment that moment that doesn't change. Okay, so there we go. Then we got the Four Noble Truths. We've got suffering. We've got the reason we suffer, which is applied, uh, which is um, desire, craving, clinging, attachment, aversion. We have the answer to suffering, which is nirvana, that allows us to never have to suffer again. And we have a way to get to nirvana. That the Buddha said, this is what I did. This is what I rediscovered from all the other Buddhas that walked this earth. This is what I found to be true. This is what I found work for me. And now, so we're all practicing his his way to nirvana. And then when the last person dies, who's practicing the teachings of Siddhartha Gautama, the, the current Buddha, then the next Buddha, Maitreya Buddha, will be reborn on earth, and he will rediscover the path to the end of suffering, and he will teach, and he will have followers, and then when that last follower dies, then the next Buddha comes until ultimately everybody has ended their suffering. And how long will that take? I don't know. A really long time. Because, because we have 7 billion people now and they're all suffering. And we keep having more and more people. And they'll be suffering. And then we have a few people that might end their suffering. But we have many more that come into their suffering. So it's going to take a really long time. But our job as a Buddhist, our job as a meditator, our job as a practitioner is to work on ourselves and we will then ultimately achieve the final goal. The Buddha said, be an island unto yourself. But along the way to achieve our final goal, we can be of assistance, we can have kindness, we can have compassion, we can have empathy for all the people who are suffering in this world today.